money and social change. That's what we're talking about with the actress, Chelsea Rendon. So stay tuned. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, Reina. How's it going? This is Jen Hemphill, your host, and we have another artist today for you, which I am excited to share this conversation as she was very honest and real about her experience as a Latina actress. She is definitely driving change for Latinx actors, actresses, because representation does matter, but she also does this through the acting roles she has taken on. Let me share with you a little bit about Chelsea Rendon. She is an actress known to portray dominant roles for over a decade. Most recently, she is recognized for her role as a young woke activist, Mari, in the star's hit drama, Vida. The series premiered to stellar reviews and was named one of the top shows of 2018 and 2019 and received 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Chelsea recently starred in the immigration drama, The Infiltrators. The film mixed documentary with narrative dramatization premiered at the Sundance Film Festival early in 2019. Directed and produced by Alex Rivera and Cristina Ibarra, the film centers on a small group of young undocumented immigrants who embark on a high-risk mission inside America's for-profit detention system in order to set people free. Teaming up with bright director David Ayer, Chelsea stars in the upcoming gritty American thriller, The Tax Collector, alongside Shia LaBeouf, Lena Parrilla, and George Lopez. In today's episode, you're going to hear the money lessons she learned being raised as a single mom, as well as how making money as an actress has changed for her over the years, the inside scoop on the different acting roles and how the pay differs and her insight as to how a show like Vida is driving social change. If you have little ones around, just listen with discretion as there is a little bit of adult language used. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Chelsea. I'm so thrilled to have you with us here today, an actress from a wonderful show. Well, you've always, obviously, you've done other shows, but Vida, and I'm excited to get to know you, to talk to you, and I'm just excited that you're here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. It's great, you know, meeting so many people that want to support this show because it's Latinx, because it's so women empowerment, because it's just amazing. Yeah, well, it's been well done. I haven't, I have to say, I'm very upfront. I haven't watched all of it, but I want to just sit there and just been watch it, which <laughs> I'll have to make some time. But let's start off with your money story, Chelsea. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up, what you saw, what you heard, any discussions, any experiences in relation to money. Um, well, I grew up in a one bedroom back house in the back of an actual house. 
And I lived there with my mom and my sister until I was 10, almost 11 years old, we moved. But again, this was an old dingy house, which we realized had mold in it after because I used to get like bad migraines where I would throw up. But it was a couple hundred dollars rent. And my mom was a single mother. My dad contributed a little bit of child support, but like 50 bucks, not like anything crazy. But he was always there. So he helped us in other times of need. But so we grew up like, again, me and my mom and my sister sharing one room. And for the longest time, me and my mom shared a bed, even when I had my own bed, because I was so used to sleeping with my mom. But I always knew about money because I started acting at six. So my mom always wanted me to know wherever my money was going. Oh, hey, we're paying the rent. Oh, hey, we're doing this. So at a very young age, I always knew about things. I remember my brother asking my mom to borrow a little bit of money. And again, it was nothing crazy, maybe like a thousand dollars. And my mom didn't have it, but I had it. So then she asked me and then I called my brother to tell him. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, why do you know about this? You're like 14, 15 years old. What? And I'm like, well, no, mom talks to me. Like it's I like, because I contribute, she wants me to know where the money's going. And he was so mad because I'm again, his little sister being like, oh, here, let me help you. But, but it was just like, why you're so young. You don't need to know about that. So I knew how, like, I knew the rent at the time. I knew what bills we had, but I always had a bad relationship with money because my mom was a type of, oh, well, let's just buy this and we'll figure out the bills later. Oh, don't worry about it. Like, we'll make it, we'll make it work. We'll figure out a way. She wasn't that great with money. And as an adult, it's been really something that I've had to break the habit of, which again, my mom's amazing and she's a badass. But that's the one thing when it comes to money, she hasn't been the best role model. Even when it comes to my acting and um, when I've gotten contracts and my reps are trying to negotiate, my mom's just like, no, just take what they give you. Don't don't fight or like don't make her lose this job by countering or something. And who knows if my career and where my quote would be would be different if my reps had pushed as time was going on as I was younger. It's actually kind of funny. My manager that I have now, I signed with him a little over a year and a half ago, I believe. And when we had like my first booking with him, he was like, oh, well, what's your quote? And I'm like, well, I don't have a quote. He's like, what do you mean you don't have a quote? And I'm like, no, like I usually get scale. And then he's like, okay, we're changing that. (laughs) So, but he thought he assumed like I have a show and like I have a great resume. Oh, you got to be making more than the average. And again, I think that that stems from not having my reps push in the past. So it's just a very interesting relationship because I'm having to relearn and, you know, really look at things differently than the perspective that I've always looked at it through my mom's lens. And now I'm seeing it through my lens. And then again, I am more well off than my mom because she had a government job. She worked for the Census Bureau. So she had, she made good money. She, it wasn't like it was really bad. There was only a few times in our life where it was really bad, but I have more money that I'm more comfortable and she'll talk to me about things. And I'm like, "Mm, mom, I'm not asking your advice right now. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just telling you something. But as a mom, she wants to give her input. But it's just really interesting how much parents affect young people's ideas. Again, specifically when it comes to money. And in the past couple of years since I moved out, 
I was talking about this and she's like, oh yeah, you should do that. And I'm like, no, I don't need to do that right now. Like if I want to do that later, I will, but I need to save right now. And then she's just like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So it's really interesting. And then like, I want to read, I bought that book, Poor Dad, Rich Dad, that a lot of people talk about. And then she's like, oh, that's not even like that big of a deal. You don't need to read that. But I'm like, my bum, I want to read it. Like, let me read it. Let me make my own opinion. (laughs) My mom's beautiful. I love her. Interesting narrative. I love that. Now, so you mentioned your brother at some point came to your mom to borrow some money. You also mentioned that you had it. So I believe this was at a point because you've been acting since you were seven years old. Yeah, professionally since, well, six technically, but really seven. (laughs) Well, wow. I presume at that time when your brother, yeah, because you said you were about 14, 15, that, that money that you were contributing was from your acting, right? And I'm curious because you've been acting since you were six years old. How has making money for you as a Latina actress has changed over the years? What lessons have you learned? Because I know you mentioned some of your agents, some of them didn't really push and, you know, you were relying on them for their experience, right? But now you, it sounds like you have an agent that's really an advocate for you. So what, how has that changed over the years, making money as, as a Latina actress? What have you learned? I really, there hasn't been that much because again, it's only been in this last year that I am not at the, like I have a quote technically now. So like my guest star quote is a couple hundred dollars more than the average guest star quote. But it wasn't, I want to make sure to clarify this. It wasn't my reps weren't pushing for me. It was my mom telling my reps not to push for me because reps want money. Reps are very much like, oh, we want a million dollars, you know, I mean, and and, and dramatic about it. But my mom was always the one that said, she's going to get this part. Don't mess it up for her. Like, don't do this and don't do that. So that stopped them from doing their job. Luckily, I have I've had great representation over the years that have been supportive of that and don't like drop me as a client (laughs) because of it. But so again, like growing up in the business, I didn't work like on a show or like on a movie where I was making six figures or stuff like that until I got to Vida. So I would get the quote of a guest star. You know what I mean? Like the guest star pays about $8,000 for SAG. And then you have ultra low budget projects. And then you have, oh, they're going to shoot you out in one day. So they only give you a $4,000 like a lot of little things in the business have changed over the years. And there's been a lot of talk about it because they say like people can't live off of guest stars anymore because they're cutting that money. So I haven't seen that much of a change aside from in my personal experience of, yes, let's fight for more. Yes, let's let's push. Let's get a little pushback. Don't demand, but say like, okay, what about this? And where that negotiation window is, I let my reps do it when in the past they haven't been able to. And I've been able to see myself get more money. There was a project that I worked on that offered like $1,000 a week. That was their low budget sort of thing. And my reps or my manager specifically, because my agents, I've been with them for 11 years. So they are more understanding. And they started with me when I was still, when my mom was still in the picture of like, oh yeah, this is that and this and that. And so they, it's not like they are like, oh yeah, let's attack, let's attack, let's attack. They're very much like, what do you feel like Chelsea, this, this, okay, I think we have this wiggle room or whatever. But my managers are like, rawr, that's like, we're going to fight for everything. And you know what I mean? Like they're taking advantage of you. And um, so my manager, 
he said, we're not taking less than five figures for this. Again, low five figures. I think it was like 15,000, for example. And I was like, no, they don't have that. Like, no, I don't want to lose out on this part. Again, with my mother's mentality in my head, no, I don't want to lose out on this part. And I ended getting not what I wanted, but more than what they were offering. So it's like, and then that's the thing where it was a, a kind of a, a big sign to me of like, they're going to lowball you because they can. Whether you accept that is on you. And negotiation is a beautiful tactic that we have. And again, I do have a resume that is strong. So I have that. It's not like I'm showing up like, hey, I have one credit on my name. Give me a million dollars. You know, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? But because I have a strong resume, because I have a strong team and because I have, you know, at the time I was filming Vida, so I also had this on the side to be like, oh, like I'm bringing this to your your project. It, it, it made me feel empowered, like don't settle. And that was the first time where, and that's where my manager's like, we're changing your quote, like <laughs> at that and with that thing. So that's been the only real difference that I've seen. Because again, I've been getting paid the scale that every other actor gets paid when they book stuff, you know? Interesting. And, and thank you for being so open about this uh, this conversation with what, what actors are getting paid, actresses are getting paid. And you mentioned something, I'm obviously not an actress. You mentioned a guest star quote. What, for those of us not in the acting space, what does that mean? Because I see, of course, on the credits, guest star, but it's to me, it's like coming on once maybe, or a couple times. So what does that mean for those of us? Um, so a guest star is a bigger level than co-star. So co-stars can have one line or they'll be in one scene specifically. But again, the business is changing and Hollywood is cheap. So they're giving people that should be a guest star, a co-star part because they'll shoot them out in one day. So they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're a co-star. But again, they have multiple lines or they could be in multiple scenes when originally that wasn't the case. The like, you know what I mean? Usually co-stars were saved for one line people that are like, he went that way. And like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, but again, Hollywood is, is being cheaper. So they're giving people that have a, a paragraph or a couple lines co-stars as Hollywood has been changing. But so there is that co-star level, which is the lower level. And then you have the guest star level. And then you have the recurring guest star where you're in multiple episodes. And then, of course, you have the series regulars. <laughs> it goes to know how much I know, because I, my brain, it was the co-star was a big role. And when I think in my interpretation and a guest star, like I mentioned, or maybe it's because I see on the credits special guest star. And so I you only see them every once in a while. So I guess that's how I connected, but I'm sure not. Well, and also, it also depends on your title. If you're Oprah guest starring on a show, it's going to say special guest star Oprah. You know what I mean? Like it depends on your resume. If you can ask to have your name at the end that says and with, you know what I mean? Like that is special to people. Either you're the first name or you like to be the and if you're on a higher scale and a higher level and you're more known. So, and then it's also changes for film, for film people and, and TVs, they also talk about, oh, we're co-stars. So then it's not explained what level you are. We are just co-starring in this together. Interesting. So then that's just the dialogue of like, oh, this is my co-star from, so from this. Oh, this is my co-star from that. Whether or not they were a series regular, whether they were supporting, whether they're, you know what I mean? 
And then again, in the film industry, it's the leads supporting and that's it. Or like extras, you know, not they, they don't really give out like, oh, yeah, I have a small supporting part. Like you don't see that in the description. It's just supporting or it'll say like two scenes. It'll, it'll specify. So, again, like people say like, oh, supporting when they could have one line in a project. But technically, that's what it can. You know what I mean? Like it's considered. So it's very interesting. And it's how they fight for more money. If you have seven guest stars under your belt, you can fight for more money than if you had seven co-stars going for your first guest star. But again, those could have been guest stars, but they just put co-stars to pay you less. Very, very interesting. Now, with the show, like the project you've been working on, the show Vida, I, I know it has made me, it's made the Latino community very proud. It shows progress, unity, a powerful voice as well, activism to humanity, especially in the age of today, well, the age of always, but it just, with what's going on currently at the time of when we're recording this, and really, it just sheds a new light, a new a new picture of Latinos, right? Where it just shows us for who we are versus for what people perceive us to be, which I really... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. I appreciate that. So how do you feel like shows like Be That and like Hentified, which is another, I think, great one. How do you feel that will be bringing more change to our community as Latinos? I know this is personal finance, but I'm just, there's such an intersection of money in this. Well, no, it's interesting. Again, you think of the last, say, 10, 15 years. Really, there was like the George Lopez show, which was huge. You have Jane the Virgin, which was huge. East Los High was a big thing for streaming when Hulu first started. It had bought it. But then it, it was very small and far and in between. And now the last three years, I feel like Vida, One Day at a Time, and On My Block have really opened doors for predominantly minority cast and predominantly Latino cast. But then again, you also have shows like Station 19 and Roswell, New Mexico and SWAT that have Latino leads, but it'll be like one, you know? So to see a predominantly Latino show is really beautiful. And then, so again, aside from... I believe One Day at a Time did its fourth season right now. And Vida and On My Block were on the third. And this year, there have been so many shows that have come out with predominantly Latino cast. The Expanding Universe of Ashley Garcia, Hentified, The Diary of a a Future President, and then The Baker and the Beauty. You have United We Fall is one that's going to be coming out. You know what I mean? Like there's just, and then again, I know I'm missing a few, but I feel that we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Vida, if it wasn't for One Day at a Time, if it wasn't for On My Block and the success of these shows. And so that's really important. And, I've, and I'm really excited to be a part of that. You know, it, it, this was our final season. The season finale just aired and it's bittersweet. But at the end of the day, we were a part of history. We are going to be a part of the curve that changed it, that put us on a new path. and. I'm really proud of that. And I think that's really important. But then again, we have to fight. We have to fight. You know what I mean? Like Vida is getting canceled after three seasons with a lot of people are very disappointed by because it's their only show. And one of the few shows that's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for each season, which is not something that's very common. But again, I don't think we had the viewership that we had. But then you look at On My Block that has so many, so many hits. 
Um, and it's one of the biggest shows on Netflix. And they had to pause production in order to get paid more. And they all did it together. And again, they deserve that. And I'm going to say the numbers because they have mentioned it in other interviews. But I believe from what I read, they were making about 20000 an episode for season one and season two, which isn't bad. It's a half an hour show. That's about the average from what I know. But when you're the number one show, you have power. So then going into season three, they also jumped Julio Macias, who plays a br- the brother Spooky, and Jessica Marie Garcia, who played Jasmine, up to series regulars as well. And then they wanted to keep them at the same amount. But it's like, yo, we're making you hallow money. Like, we deserve to get compensated. So they band together. And if I'm not mistaken, season three, they're getting 80-something. Season four, they're going to get 90-something. And season five, it's like 105 or something like that. Thousand per episode. And that's a negotiation that they stuck to their guns. They knew their worth and they fought for it. And a lot of people don't. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm very proud of them for being able to get what they deserve. Because that's something like for us at Stars, we were planning on negotiating for season three. And then we find out it was the last season. So we're like, crap, can you really negotiate? And again, we still tried and they cut our episodes. So they ended up paying us for the 10 episodes so that we break even from last year, which again is, I guess, the only fair thing that they could have done so that we break even, but then we're not getting more money. But technically we are making more because we're only shooting six. So it was this weird compromise, but we felt like, damn, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we, we deserved to get bumped up and then not cut down to six episodes. Like, you know what I mean? Like we should have made more than last year, but again, you know, behind the scenes stuff is crazy. And there's so many whys and buts and stuff like that, that, that comes into play. I can only imagine. Uh, this is this is fascinating. Just un- having a better understanding of what really goes on, especially on the financial side for you as an actress and all you know actors in general. And I'm just curious because I know Vida has come to an end, but I'm curious with Vida and the other shows. Are you seeing more than Latinos watch the shows? Like, what do you know? What the data says? Because I feel like there should be more than Latinos watching, right? For sure. I will say that from what I read, uh, the stats that we've given or that we've been given, our biggest audience on Vida is middle-aged white men. That's our biggest audience. But the problem is that Latinos are bootlegging it. So we don't even know the real statistics on it because everybody's trying to save a buck. So they're breaking fire sticks or they're doing whatever they're doing to watch the show. And the biggest demographic was middle-aged white men, which again, for me, I'm really proud of because that, that, oh, wow, you care about what we have to say. You care about our little story. You know what I mean? Like, so that was really beautiful. But then again, I talked to so many Latinos and they are always like, oh yeah, like I, uh, I watched it on the this and that. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, you have to get the app. At the end of the day, it's all about money. So when they get subscribers and they get hits, that is money. And now you just took away I don't know if it's 10,000 or 50,000 or 100,000 views that we didn't get because Latinos didn't go through the proper channels. And that's something that we need to educate ourselves as well, that like you said, money talks. Money talks and our, our power is in where we put our money. Our power is in who we vote for. So if you want to see more Latinx content, watch the Latinx shows that are out there, period. You know what I mean? Like they need to see good viewership for other networks and studios to say, oh, we should make something like this. Oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. 
But again, that only happens if the shows that are currently out are successful. Right. And I'm curious on the time that, because I, full disclosure, I haven't watched the whole video. Like I said, I just want to sit and just binge watch on it. Have there been any money conversations on the show? Of course, being this podcast. No. And and, and honestly, it's all about money, actually. That's a big storyline because the sisters are in a hole because the mother dies and they have to take over the bar. But the mom and the wife have been in debt for a while. And there's one daughter that is super A-type personality that has everything in order. And she's like freaking out about what do I do? How do I get us out of this hole? And, you know, they're trying to sell the bar originally, but they're not going to make any money off of it. And they're like, wait, you did. um, They mentioned, um, God, what's that word? Um, A predatory loan. She's like, you gave my mother a predatory loan. Like she was never going to pay this back. But again, Latinos don't know any better sometimes. And, you know, it's that immigrant mentality of like, oh, yeah, let me sign what this white person puts in front of me, you know, without really reading it and being afraid. So that's a big storyline throughout the entire show of are they going to make it work? One of the sisters ends up racking up, I think it's $14,000 of debt on her dead mother's credit cards because she didn't have any money. And the sister finds out and it's like, yo, you took a month away from us. One month. Like we have six months of money and you took one month away for being you. And again, the the younger sister never had any, she never had to be responsible for anybody. She was always taken care of or be responsible for herself. So she did this thinking like, oh, I'll figure it out somehow. All like willy nilly. But, you know, so that's a really important thing. So even like towards the end, they actually start making money and it's a really like, oh, wow. And they, they, one of the big things in this last season was the queer senora and the sisters like, oh my God, we only spent like 50 bucks. Everything was donated. And it was like, oh, wow, that's great. You know? So even if they didn't really like what was going on, at least they didn't spend money. And so that was really important to see two young Latinas be business owners and how they manage that. I love that. And just, and I wish, you know, I had gotten a chance to just really binge watch before talking with you, but it just sounds, I am so glad that you're sharing this with me because it sounds like it can be, there's those, the book clubs. Well, why don't we have a Vida watching club to discuss these money issues? Cause I think it's one, it, it would be fun to do. And because money can be so hard to talk about, but if we have some sort of link, like a, a show like your, you know, like Vida, I think it, it'll make it easier because you can connect. Oh, I felt that way too, or I got in that debt as well, and and I think that could be. So you listening, if that's something that's interest of interest to you, let me know. DM me on Instagram, and let, let's see what we can do. And we can at the same time we're supporting the show. Yes. And again, over 18 only because it's very rated R. <laughs> very rated R. Okay. Thank you for, yes. Disclaimer. Be careful. People <laughs> might have a little like, puh, puh, puh. oh my God. We'll disclose that. But the purpose of that is not for that. But well, really- and again, Vida just talks about so many different things. It talks about acceptance in the LGBTQ community within the Latinx community. It talks about family dynamics. In the third season, me and my brother, Johnny's brother, our dad dies, but he leaves a deed to my brother when I was the one that took care of him. So it's like, wow, really? And it, and it's that machismo-ness that, you know, Latinos are, of course, used to. But, you know, we've been fighting back a lot more now. And 
you know, it talks about a lot. It all talks about grieving and, you know, family aspects, whether it's sister-sister drama or brother-sister drama. And there is just very much something that could just start so many conversations. And then, you know, it's funny because um, my character has like three or four jobs and I'm hustling and I'm, and I'm helping, you know, keep everything afloat. And I get fired from one job and my brother's like yelling at me in season two, like, oh, you're hanging out with this cabron instead of looking for another job. And it's like, yeah, I'm a huevona for only having two jobs, not three, like you asshole. Like, and that was something that was so cool to portray because it's so real. Like, oh, you're not doing enough. Hold on, wait, I've been doing this. Like, I've been hustling. I've been taking care of us. But you're trying to be all like, well, I'm the brother. I know what's best. It's like, shut up. So um, yeah, there's just a lot of interesting things. And then again, seeing this Latinx family, the sisters manage this bar and do the best that they can and, you know, survive is really cool. No, this is awesome. I, I love everything that you shared from the money that the reality of a- actors and actresses, uh, the reality for you, the reality in the Latino community. And I'm curious as well, and as well of what's, what conversations, financial money conversations you've all had on Vida. And I'm curious as well to, to really know, because you, you're leading the way for Latinas as what you're doing. And I appreciate that. You're resilient. You're being you. And I love how forthcoming and how vulnerable and just how real you are. Any last words that you want to share to that mujer that's listening today of inspiration or maybe any lesson that you would want her to take with her? To know your worth and fight for it. And, you know, really advocate for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Again, specifically, we're talking about money, like when you get a job offer and you want to counter, it's okay. Like we need to get rid of the stigma that, oh, if we're, we're difficult, if we negotiate or we're divas or we're, um, you know, just ah, as women, because we're bitchy. Right. Um, But we need to know our worth and we need to fight for it. And that helps the next person in line. So if I fight for, I deserve X amount, right? I don't want the scale. I deserve X amount. That means the next person that comes in line could ask for that. And it won't be that far out of reach because especially with, with like actors, there's a thing called like favor nation. So sometimes like casts all get paid the same. It's usually when it's on, when it's on ensemble, like friends, you know, they all got paid the same because they were all like leads. It was not one supporting, but that is a thing that happens. And you only know that if you fight. And then you get to that level because reps will tell you or like the production will be like, oh, we can't go above that. And it's like, OK, well, then that's what I want. Like you can't go above it, but that's what I want. And so it, the, the main thing is, again, know your worth and fight for it. Don't be afraid to fight for it. I love it. This has really been fantastic, Chelsea. I appreciate you. I appreciate the person that you are. Uh, so real. I love real people. <laughs> That sounds weird, but in, in today's world, I really like just very authentic people. So I appreciate your willingness to share everything that you shared, keeping you. I'm rooting for you. I know we're rooting for you to see you more on the screen at any level. And we appreciate what you're doing for our community as well, just represent as an actress as well. So thank you so much. Yes. And you can see me um, next in the Infiltrators 
which is a film about a for-profit detention center in 2012 in Florida, which is a true story. It's a part documentary, part scripted. So that's available to stream online right now at infiltratorsfilm.com. And half of the proceeds go to the immigrant activist that was deported because of the film. And then, so that's a thing that's really beautiful and that you could also watch right now. And then after that, I'll be in the film, The Tax Collector, that's written and directed by David Ayer. They will be coming out in August. I'm like, I still got some stuff coming. Um, hopefully by the time this pandemic is over, I'll have more. <laughs> yeah, no, there'll be more. There'll be more. Well, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I definitely am excited to, because I'm sure there's Latinos that, you know, that mujer that's listening right now that may not be aware of Vida. They might, that may not be aware of all the other shows that you mentioned. So I hope that I can help do my part to spread the word. We, we got to support each other. And again, that's why I'm here talking to you, why you're here talking to me. And that's what it's all about, unity and support. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been fantastic. I've enjoyed it. I know. Thank you so much. This has made my heart so light because it's been so heavy. ¿Qué pensaste? I love this conversation. In case you are wondering, since the interview, I was finally able to watch the whole Vida series. It was powerful and money was definitely a big driver to the conversations in that show. It is very explicit in all the ways if you haven't watched it. So I just wanted to let you know. And if that doesn't bother you, I definitely recommend watching it and supporting these Latino actors. Now to connect with Chelsea, she loves Instagram. So you can connect with her on there at Chelsea Rendon. And I will have that link in today's show notes. Now, don't forget if you haven't done so to download and to grab your daily dinero ritual as that will help you just gain confidence, stay focused, and really taking more action with your finances because it gives you the actions to take on a daily basis. They're the same actions, but with the repeating the same thing, it drives habit. And with that habit, it definitely will drive results for you. So you can grab that over at jenhemphill.com forward slash dinero. And if you had the previous version of the My Daily Money Ritual, it's the upgraded version. I have made changes. I have improved it. I have listened to you and made sure that it is more practical and more effective for you. Next week, we have a special episode that we are doing two versions of. It's the first time we've done this where one is in English and one is in Espanol. We will be talking about navigating those unplanned expenses, which is made possible by our friends at AARP. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And I want to thank Chelsea for her time and just being so real and having the conversation with us. You can check out the brief show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 227. And remember that you can claim your reina crown now. You can be the reina of your money and you don't have to wait because the choice is definitely in your hands. Also, Share with us when you listen to this episode by taking a screenshot or a selfie and tag us in your Instagram stories with at Matters and this hashtag with the same name. Thank you so much again for listening. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao.